Good morning, everyone. How exciting and amazing it is to come together and just worship the Lord and give glory and honor and praise to, to his name. Jesus, we love you so much, God. Thank you for waking us up this morning, God. Thank you for our loved ones, Lord. Thank you for our children and our family, our spouses, or just for our lives, God. Thank you for this day, Lord. We worship you. We honor you, Jesus. We sing unto you, God, songs, Lord, from our heart, God. We praise and worship your holy name, Jesus. May you have your way. May you flow freely in this place, oh God. Give us words, God. Speak to our hearts, oh God. Give us visions during worship, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are going to be singing... Your kingdom come. So get ready, everyone, and sing along with us. We are your sons and daughters coming before our King. Receiving your impartation, the nations are So Jesus, won't you come, invade this atmosphere, and let us all know your power is here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are seeking your kingdom. We place you above all things. We humble ourselves for you. We wait, we wait. 
and I will be
in your own words right there in your home wherever you find yourselves come on sing unto the lord a new song sing unto the lord that the song that is on your heart what has the lord done for you lately what has he pulled you out of come on sing a song to jesus he is listening he is listening to you oh oh 
deserve the glory, all the honor. Cause you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we our hands in worship and we praise your holy name because you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else like you you are great you do miracles so great there is no searched far and wide and we couldn't find a love like yours God mm. we have searched far and wide and all we found was heartbreak but God Nothing compares to you, and nothing compares to all you have. Nothing compares to the love you give, Jesus. <laughs> nothing compares to the love you give, God. <laughs> you are the best thing 
that ever happened to me. You are the best thing that ever happened to me, Jesus. You are the best thing that ever happened to me. God, you are my best friend. And the lover of my soul, my prince of peace. My provider in you, I don't have to fear, no, because I know that you hold me in the palm of your hands, God, and I know that you hold me close. So we sing, Jesus. Lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the mire clay. So, Jesus, you are the lover of my soul, Jesus. Lover of my soul, and Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay, and you've set my feet upon a rock, and now I know I love you. I need you, and though my world may fall, I'll never let you go, my Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end, let's sing that one more time, I love you. I need you, and though my world may fall, I'll never let you go, my Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. Come on, if, that, if that's how you feel in your heart, I encourage you to just tell him, tell him right now in your own words, God, no matter what comes my way, Lord, sickness, death, God, whatever it is, Lord, failures, like lost dreams, God, I will still hold on to you, God, because nothing compares to you, Jesus. You are the best thing that ever happened to me, and nothing can take your place, God. Nothing can remove you from that high place that I put you in, God, because I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You are, you are so much greater than anything I could ever imagine, God. You are so much better than anything I could ever achieve in this world, God, than anything I could ever attain by my Myself, God, you are worth it all. You are so much better. You are so much better. You are the lover of my soul, and we love you so much, God. And we will never, ever let you go, Jesus. Come on, if that's how you feel, give the Lord a clap of praise right now. 
Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you, God. We love you, Lord. May you have your way in this place, God. Have your way in this time, God. Have your way through the, through the word, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Des and Vinny. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being faithful to what God has called you guys to do. I am so excited to be able to be with you guys today. I want to make sure that you can uh, see my video and hear me. So give me a good thumbs up if you can see me in the Zoom. I have my class, my students here with me. Awesome. It's so great to be able to be together. I know we're not together physically, but we are still together and at least we can see each other's faces. Such a weird time that we're going through. Um, something probably we never expected when we were planning for this trimester or for this month. We never expected that this was going to be our life, but yet here we are and we are making the most of it. So before I get into my word, I really just want to encourage all of you um, this morning and I know that a lot of us in this room are dealing with different things, though we're all facing the same type of pandemic and issue like that. There are some of our students that are facing things that they didn't know in 2020 they would face, loss of family members and dealing with real pain and real circumstances of life. And I just want to encourage you guys, I know I wrote it on Facebook the other day, but I want to encourage you with Philippians 4.4 that says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. And I put on Facebook, Christians always have a reason to rejoice, always, because our rejoicing is in the Lord. It's not in our circumstance. It's not in the pain. It's not in the sorrow. It's not in the, the loss of what we are going through. It's in the Lord and the Lord does not change. So we can always rejoice as Christians in his goodness and his faithfulness and his kindness and his salvation and his character and in who he is. Come on, if you believe that, can you say amen? Well, how about you type amen? Type amen so I know you're saying amen. <laughs> God is good. So let's pray as I get into what I wanted to share with you this morning, what the Lord has put on my heart to encourage you. Let's just pray. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we thank you so much for what you've done in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for our testimonies. God, that we even have a voice that we can declare your truth to this dying and hurting world. We just thank you. We honor you. We praise you and we lift you up in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So what I want to talk to you today about is sharing your story. I know we were able to hear from Jose and Joe B, which are awesome men of God and deacons in our church in the last two weeks and also pastoral interns. And they really shared their heart about sharing the gospel and I really felt like the Lord just gave me this word which is kind of similar to theirs but mine is more about sharing your story your particular testimony and your story so we all have a story and I know we've all been Christians for a while in this room as Bible college students and my students obviously we all go to Metro Crazy International and we've been taught how to share a testimony we could probably get it down to 30 seconds because they don't let us get the mic for too long, right? Every time I give you mics, like share 30 seconds, 60 seconds at most, please hurry up. But <laughs> you can get it down to who you were before you met Jesus, how you met Jesus and who you are now, right? Like boom, 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 quick. 
but obviously we have more to our story than just a 30 second, second uh, clip. But I want to encourage you because I know we go to an amazing church that has given us amazing resources. And I always tell you guys to go ahead and, and uh, look at all those resources that Pastor Joe always puts up. He gives us ways that we know how to defend our faith. We know how to preach the gospel. We know how to go after uh, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses. We know how to talk back to them and what to say and how to how to uh, do apologetics with atheists and different things. And I know that it can feel a little over our head sometimes, well, at least for me, I'll talk for myself. When I'm listening to Pastor Joe or, or Pastor Jared or others, I'm like, man, these guys are really smart. <laughs> and they're quick too. They're quick and they're smart. And sometimes I'm like, man, it just goes right over my head. And so, and you know, I, the way that I um, try to help myself in that is I listen to podcasts. I try to listen to the things they talk about. And sometimes I feel like, you know, that teenager that didn't study for a test and they like open their book and put their head on it and fall asleep, hoping that all the information will just suck up into their brain. That's what I keep doing. I'm listening to Dr. William Crane. I'm listening to Dr. Michael Brown. And, and I'm hoping that as I continue listening to these men and women of God that are awesome at apologetics, you, my brain will just soak it all up. And one day I'm just going to spit it all out. So that, with all of that, I just want to encourage you. I know that we live, we are a part of an awesome church that teaches these things. So we need to study. We do need to try to learn these things. We do need to know how to defend our faith. We do need to know all, how to do all of those things. And I would encourage you to do that. But one thing I don't want you to misunderstand is that you think you don't have anything to share because you always have something to share we all have a story of what jesus has done in our life that we can say at any time and there is power in our testimony see because there may be an argument that comes against you and you might not be able to answer it but what you can say is you know what i don't know the answer to that but what i do know is what jesus did in my life because i met jesus and I could tell you about my best friend right now and how he saved me and forgave me and redeemed me and restored me, right? We all have a story to share. So I want to encourage you, even if you think you don't have all the answers to the questions that people may have, you have something to say. Jesus saved you and you're, nobody could take your testimony away from you. There is no argument on this earth that can take that away from you. So I want to explain to you well, I think Paul explains to you better than I can. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, if you can turn there with me. Amen. We are all walking testimonies of his amazing grace. We are trophies of God's amazing grace. That is what one of my students wrote in the Zoom. That is right. Trophies of God's amazing grace. Living testimonies of what God has done in our lives. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. See, I believe that Paul does a great example of sharing with us how we can testify. So I'm going to read it. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. 
So Paul is helping us out right now. He just told you what you need to testify about. We were dead in our sins. We used to follow the devil. We were disobedient to our parents, to authority, and to God. We did whatever felt good to our bodies. We had a thought come into our mind, and bam, we did it because we knew that we would like the way that it felt. And because the way that we live like that, we deserved hell. We deserved the wrath of God. But God, because of his great love, we used to be dead, but now we're alive, right? I once followed the devil, but now I'm a child of God. I once did whatever my body told me to do, but now I've made a body, my body, my slave, and I am walking by the spirit. I once did whatever came into my mind, but now I have been made with the mind of Christ. I once deserved eternity in hell, but now I have assurance of my salvation and I have an eternal life in heaven with Jesus forevermore because he saved me. Amen. Come on, we have a reason to shout. Paul gives us a reason to testify. We used to be dead and now we're alive. We used to do whatever thoughts came into our mind, but now I've been given the mind of Christ. My, my flesh, I crucified that thing. I don't have to follow what it tells me to do anymore. Amen. Woo. Come on, we all got a testimony. We have been given this gift of amazing grace, and now we're able to take this gift that was given to us by somebody testifying to us, somebody telling us what Jesus did in their life, hearing their testimony, and boom, faith came into our heart, giving us amazing grace, a gift. Now we get to take that gift and give it to somebody else by telling them our story. And it's a beautiful thing that we get to now be a part of other people's stories. What an honor. All of us, if we were to testify in this room, would be able to say, this person told me about Jesus and now I am able to have him in my heart. And by God's grace, we are part of other people's stories now. So with that, I felt led to do something I never really have done in a chapel or um, in a sermon before. And that is to share a little bit of my testimony with you. I know I have shared parts, but I want to share more of what God has done in my life. I am very careful about the parts that I do share. I don't go into great detail and I'm not gonna go into great detail right now. I never wanna give the devil any type of um, too much attention. And there's also things in there that I, I share when I feel the Lord, I feel led of the Lord and that's usually in discipleship. But I am going to give you a breakdown of my life and, and how I became who I am right now by God's grace. So I was, um, my mother was Jewish. She was raised as an Orthodox Jew. My dad was Catholic. She converted to Catholicism when she met my dad and shortly after she became a Christian, thank God, by a friend that told her about Jesus and the testimony that my mother had of growing up as a Jew was that she lived her whole life obeying, doing things, going to synagogue and doing all this stuff. And it wasn't until she met Jesus that she actually felt God for the first time, even though she did all of those things as her childhood. So her family disowned her when she became a Christian. And my father, they had four children. Um, I still am I'm very involved with my Jewish family. I love them so much. I'm praying for all of their salvation. I tell them about Jesus all the time. And they have come a very, very far away 
they they disowned my mother, like I said. And then when we would talk about Jesus when we were younger, they would tell us, don't say his name around me. They would get very offended. Mom, just like, y'all going to go to hell if you don't serve Jesus. You got to get right. <laughs> but I wasn't as bold as a little kid. I was scared, like, oh, they don't want to hear about it. They don't want to come back. Uh, so my mom got sick when I was two years old with cancer. Um, she was an awesome woman of God, on fire for Jesus really left a legacy for me to follow but by the time that I was five the cancer had spread all over her body and she uh, died so I remember as a little girl being five years old being very heartbroken I would cry myself to sleep at night I remember my dad would just hold me and rock me until I would I would sleep and I knew now I know looking back the devil really used that pain that I felt as a little girl and really tried to scheme against me to destroy my life. And I thank God for his mercy and his grace that I get to sit here before you right now. I, my dad stopped taking us to church after my mom died, but I did go to a Christian school my whole life. I went to Christian school since I was from first grade to 12th grade. I, I had a great support system there, awesome teachers that love Jesus. But I started hanging out with some bad people around my neighborhood. By the time I was 10 years old, I smoked my first cigarette. By the time I was 12, I was smoking weed. By the time I was 13, I was already living a promiscuous lifestyle. I was in and out of the church. I was going back and forth. My sister still loved the Lord. She would still take me to church. But I loved my sin, and I liked the way that it made me feel, and I wanted more of it. Every time that I would leave the church, I would get deeper and deeper into sin and started doing more every single time. My heart would become harder and harder away from the Lord. Drugs became a very big part of my life. I basically lived high morning till night, never stopped. And I always wanted more. It was never enough. There's many times I remember blacking out, coming in and out of consciousness because of how many drugs I would take. And it is only by the grace of God that it did not kill me with how much my, my body at that time was, was consuming. I used to hang, um, oh, I just feel like God, God saved my life so much. So I, I have a story, kind of uh, weird, but I just have a, I was reminded of one time that I really feel like God saved my life. And this was all throughout my teenage years. I used to hang out with an underground hip hop crew. That's why they call me L-Dog. If you didn't know, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I did. I used to hang out with the underground hip hop crew. Um, and, you know, they didn't do much but but try to rap and, and beatbox and all that fun stuff. So when we would hang out, you know, we would just do drugs. We would just sit around and drink and do stupid stuff. And there was a guy that started hanging out with us. And he was actually a part of a gang. But he would come and hang out and chill. And I remember one time I um, never felt really comfortable around him. He kind of scared me. He was a big dude. And I remember one time I was hanging out with, with these guys in the, the, my underground crew. And I remember sitting there. I was, I was high. And I, I heard the Lord tell me, I heard the Holy Spirit. He said, you need to leave now. And I remember like kind of looking around, like, did anybody else hear that? Like, that just for me what's going on I was kind of like tweaked out maybe I'm just tripping whatever and I heard it again you need to go home and I was like all right I had this urgency in my heart like I need to get out of here so I'm just like all right I'll see you guys later left 
And they told me that day that not only, not even like five minutes later, that one guy came, he pistol whipped a whole bunch of people, put a gun in their in their, in their faces and stole a whole bunch of stuff. And I was just like mind blown. See, but that's just one example of so many where God like intervened, like he had a plan for my life. And it's only by his grace and mercy because I deserve to be in that room at that time. I'm the one that made those decisions to be dumb and to do this stuff. But because of his grace and his mercy and his plan for my life, and honestly, I believe that my mother's prayers and the prayers of the saints that were praying for me, God saved my life. Amen? So throughout my, my uh, teenage years, like I told you, I was in and out of the church. By the time I was 18, I got into a relationship that really pushed me towards harder drugs, uh, hallucinogens and all kinds of stuff. I would barely eat. I would just take, take do drugs. And I ended up getting pregnant at 19 years old. I remember him telling me that it was the only way to deal with this is to get rid of the child. And growing up in a Christian school, I remember, um, you know, you hear all the time, don't have an abortion. That's the one thing you should not do is kill your child. I knew that it was murder. It really wasn't explained to us the way that they do at MPI, which thank God we preach the way that we do now. But even in a Christian school, like I knew it was murder and didn't really understand it completely. Said I would never do that. But then I found myself walking into a Planned Parenthood and I could go into that story deeper at a, another time, but honestly, I could tell you that Planned Parenthood was the darkest place that I have ever walked into in my entire life. And I have been in some dark places spiritually. I wept from the moment that I walked into that place. The doctor never looked at me, never spoke to me, just came to do one thing. I honestly felt like he just came, murdered my child, ripped it out of my womb and walked out the door with no remorse, no nothing, um, very cold very dark, and then they sent me on my way. And I was so broken, I was so hurting. I couldn't handle the pain anymore. I began to party more and more. I began to go to clubs and do my thing. And throughout this time, 19, even before I had my abortion, I was actually coming to Metro. I visited a few times. And I could tell you right now, there wasn't a time that I walked into Metro that I didn't leave feeling so convicted. And like, I knew, I knew I was going to hell if I were to die that day. I needed to get right with Jesus. I always felt that as I walked into that building. But after I had my abortion, I remember my sister invited me to church again. I went and sat in the first row with uh, Nancy and it was about 30 people there. And um, what was Pastor Joe preaching about? I'll let you guess, abortion. The first sermon I heard going back to church was that he put a picture on the screen of a baby being killed, uh, an aborted child, like he has done many times for us. And I just began to weep and I couldn't, I couldn't even control the pain that my heart felt. I knew in that moment I was a murderer. I murdered my own child. I can't believe that I, I got that far. And I, I remember praying with Nancy, confessing to her um, and, it's sad that I didn't turn my life around at that moment, but it was a step. It was a step in the right direction. I knew that God was calling me more and more. I continued to live in this ungodly life. I continued to do drugs. I continued to be promiscuous. I continued to do my thing. And I ended up pregnant again. 
with a little girl named Olivia, who's 11 years old right now. After telling my family about this beautiful girl, I, I called my pastor, Nancy, and I told her I couldn't do this alone. And that was my moment. That was my moment of God, I'm coming back and I never want to leave again. And even though I've made my, my mistakes, and even though I, I have had my moments of disagreement or whatever, it was through discipleship and God's constant love that has helped me become the woman that I am, has helped me have a character that is stronger and not just my gifting that has taken me places, but really working on my character through discipleship. My child was born, well, the church was such a blessing to me, honestly. I was the first single mom at Metro Praise. The church threw me a baby shower. Pastor Joe and Nancy and all the leaders came to the hospital when I had the child, when I had Olivia. Um, I felt so, so loved by the church. I really did. And I believe that it was a pivotal moment in my life to see, like, even though I was kicked out of my own home, here were these people saying, we'll take you and your kid. We love you both. Uh, it was a very special moment for me. So after I had Olivia, I really felt called to Bible college. That's when the cohort started in our church. And I started seeing Berto and others go. And I got this little jealousy in my heart. Like, I want to do that too. And I really felt a con confirmation from the Lord that I should go to Bible college. I lived in a, a girl's dorm with about 10 other girls and my baby girl. And we all went to Bible college. And then I got swept off my feet by a fine Polish plumber who came into my life. And he didn't care if I had a baby. He wanted that baby to be his. <laughs> and I just praise God. I praise God for his faithfulness, for his goodness in my life, because I know that without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I wouldn't be sitting in this chair telling you my story. And I'm so, so thankful to Jesus. And I just want to encourage you now for you guys to go and share your story. You each have something to share. You always have something powerful within you that can save people's lives. And I've now had the honor of being able to see different parts of my story at different times, be able to change the course of someone's life. What an honor that is. What an honor. So I want to encourage you with the story in John 4, 39. And it's about the Samaritan woman. And we all know the story. Jesus is with her. He tells her all about his, her business, tells her she is an adulterer, basically. And what did she do is the most important part after Jesus told her about herself. In verse 29 of chapter four in John, it says, come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. What did she do when Jesus changed her life? When he told her about herself, she went and told others about him quickly. She was like, listen, he just told me everything there was to know about my life. You got to come see him. And in verse 39, in chapter 4, 39, it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. 
Now she has the honor. This woman was a sinful woman. And now she has the honor of having a part of someone else's story, knowing Jesus because of her faithfulness to go and tell others about what he did in her life. That is powerful, powerful. So go tell others about Jesus. In Psalm 66, 16, the psalmist says, come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. That is what we should be screaming out from the rooftops. We have a reason to scream. We have a reason to worship. We have a reason to be excited about Jesus. Let me tell you, come, come and let me tell you what he's done for my soul. Let him, let me tell you my story so you can see that he is worth it. 